week. Josh, how are you? All right, that's perfect. That's perfect. I've got you on the wrong microphone, Josh. Say that again. Oh, uh, it's good to be back. Okay. And I missed you all. Okay. Well, we're glad to have you back. The rest of the B teams on the bench again this week, and it's time for us to talk a little sports. We start out last week, uh, the Chiefs and the uh, Denver Broncos, and all of us were wrong in our prediction about that game. Absolutely. Well, no, we all. I think all. We, we were all. We, we were all right, but in the in the tenor of the game, <laughs> I think would be how we were wrong. It was 180 degrees opposite what I thought it would be. Incidentally, the the rest of the B team is idle today, and why? I'll tell you exactly why. They are riveted. <laughs> To this soccer match. Now, Ned. We have the World Cup on in the studio, so we're watching that. I just saw a guy kick a ball. Oh, my God. It's Argentina up 2-0. I'll (laughs) use the soccer term. That's perfect. They're too too good to use zero. And one of them was a tremendously exciting penalty kick. Yeah. Okay. All All right. right. Let's talk. Let's talk real football. Let's talk. Let's talk our football, American football. I think when the Chiefs got up twenty-seven, nothing, they subconsciously took their foot off the pedal a little bit. And Denver is not a team with the Russell Wilson at quarterback. Wilson's gotten a bad rap here. This is not his fault. He doesn't have any offensive line to work with at all. The Chiefs were in there. They flooded the backfield. Wilson was good enough to escape some of it. But you can't do that forever, and ultimately, that's why the Broncos were, why they've had the difficult season they had. I thought they made a very nice comeback, played well. Part of it was because the Chiefs were a little bit lackadaisical on defense. Here's Mahomes throwing a a trio of interceptions. They didn't really play with the verve in the, well, toward the end of the first half and into the second half that they could have. But bottom line is, they won the game and at least in my my opinion, as an observer, I never, never developed the thought that they're going to lose this game. It just did not enter my mind. I thought, well, they're they're going to they are going to lose the point spread, which was nine and a half, I think. But uh, they're not going to lose this game. Josh Roberts is boycotting watching the Chiefs, but he does watch the highlights. What did you learn from watching the highlights? Well, I kind of agree. I think it seems like they took their foot off the gas. They were up twenty-seven to nothing, like you said. The last thing was the the gay uh interception for a touchdown i felt like they thought they had it well in hand and then jerry judy decided that he was going to be the best player on the field for a while and he had three touchdowns all after it was 27 to nothing so that's what got them back into it and then i guess with russell wilson getting his concussion late in the game that's probably what probably what ended their chances but i agree with you both i mean Russell Wilson is not the problem in in Denver. The problem in Denver is they don't have an offensive line. Their defense isn't that great. And so they've got some weapons. I mean, Jerry Judy's a great receiver, but they got to be able to get the ball to him. And, and the Chiefs took care of that for the first half and then just kind of thought they could coast, it seemed, in the second half, which is too bad because they're, they're, this is the Jekyll and Hyde thing that drives me crazy about them. going to go off the uh, to a little bit of sighting here. Uh, your Alabama guy pulled a stunt in that game that I have never seen go unchallenged until Sunday, and that's Mr. Judy. Mr. Judy felt he ran a pattern in which he was held, and he probably was. The official who was right there didn't call it. And that made Judy extremely angry. He was demonstrative, jumped up and down, carried on, took his helmet off on the field, and then clearly, clearly bumped the official. 
went over, bumped him to the point where the official turned around and looked at him. That's ejection. You're out. It of should there. be, yeah. Ne- he didn't even get a penalty for it. There was nothing. Taking your taking your helmet off on the field is a penalty right there. In fact, I'll go into a little history mm-hmm. here on that one. And then hitting an official, you're out. Oh yeah, you're it should be yeah. automatically. Nothing happened to the guy at all. Nothing. I think it, I think the penalty should have been called on taking your helmet off. But I, I I thought that the the contact was incidental. I didn't feel it was egregious. Joe, it wasn't. It was yeah. it was incidental. But that makes no difference. You yeah. cannot touch an official. Okay, nothing happens to Judy. Now, guys, I'm going to go back about two, eight, nine, ten years ago. About that Chiefs opening game, opening game of the seasons in Cleveland, playing the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland has upset Kansas City. Five seconds to go. The Cleveland Browns have it won. They're celebrating on the field. Now, keep in mind, there's five seconds to go. And one of the big linemen for the Browns took his helmet off. He's waving it around. Only five seconds. Yeah, penalty. Out it came. Put the Chiefs in field goal territory. Win the game. Ooh. Wow. That did happen. It's, it's, a, it's about a decade ago. Maybe less. Can't my chronology at my age is yeah. different. But by the, <laughs> the same token, <laughs> it did win the game. Yeah, when hey, the penalty is there, it's in the books, and he wasn't called for it. I uh, I I said to you a couple of weeks ago that after watching one of the Chiefs game, I I felt like they I agreed with you that they were the best team in the NFL. After watching that Denver game, I don't think they're the best team in the NFL. Well, I, everything is relative. I think you're probably going to say the Buffalo Bills are with their... No, I, 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 I'm going to say this really hurts. I'm going to say Dallas. I think Dallas is the best team. Dallas almost lost last week. Now, I know, admittedly, it's almost. Almost, but I that defense, they have a really good offensive line. Defense plays you know, almost lights out, and they have a really good running game. Now, we do our show next week on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But the following show is the following Sunday. What are you going to say when the Philadelphia Eagles go down to Dallas and beat the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, which well, is probably not going to happen? Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I hope I, it happens. I, I think those two teams, Philadelphia and Dallas, are the are the best in the, in the NFL. And, and I think all the news stories that I've seen leading up to this last week, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. Jalen Hurts is now considered by most to be the MVP because the, throwing three interceptions in a game and three just like <laughs> you have to have their arms tied by in their back to not make those plays. So well, I, I will admit the the three interceptions I think came from a lack of concentration on his part, except for one. He had Travis Kelsey wide open downfield, and the defender saw what was happening and stepped right in front of the pass and picked it off. That was one. The other two, yeah, I'm just not sure Mahomes mentally was into that ballgame. When they got up 27 to nothing, there's such a thing as establishing a big lead and coasting, and the Chiefs have the uh, affinity for doing that. Let me ask you this, though. One of the greatest athletes of the last century, I think most of us would agree that he's in the top five, is Michael Jordan. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. You ever see him not mentally in a game? Ever? No. I don't think that I, even when he retired and then came back, he was still averaging 20 points a game. So, no, I don't think yeah. I have. He yeah, was for the always Wizards. dedicated. And, and that's, I, I agree with Josh, is that's the thing that scares me about this team is that, and Ned, I'm not making fun of you, but you always talk about being professional athletes. And I don't think this is something that you should turn on and turn off. 
if you're going to be a professional athlete, now I'm not talking about going out there and just obliterating a team and running up the score, you know, 63 to 10, but there's something that's got to be fixed here with the Chiefs with the because at some point you can't just rely on, oh, we'll turn it on and we'll win this game. Right. Why don't you take today's game with the Houston Texans and make a definitive assessment of that? Let's okay. see. Okay. Fair City, enough. Kansas City should win this one easily. Yes. Well, yeah, the Texans are 1-11 and 11 uh-huh. and 1, right? Let's just see how Kansas City reacts because I do think they're going to apply the same formula that they do to the others, go out and hit this team with the right, right. cross, show them, hey, don't even bother. We're the boss out here. Let's see what happens. Let me ask you this. What's the point spread today? 14 and a half. Okay. The Chiefs, I think, have covered – I may be wrong on this, but I think they have covered the point spread this year four times. Four times? Mm-hmm. Okay. We well, you, we talked a few weeks ago that they hadn't covered in like six weeks. <laughs> well, and, and I say I may have to be corrected. It hasn't been very many. Right. A lot of these games have been artificially close. And I say artificially because Kansas City – is markedly the better team, but they've made the other team look good. Now, that's not the case with the Bills, which they lost. It is the case with Indianapolis, which they should not have lost. Yeah, that was a horrible loss. And the Chargers, who are very capable. But, hey, Denver, the Denver Broncos have one of the uh, top defensive teams. Kansas City hit them with 34 points last week. And San Francisco is the number one defensive team, and the Chiefs hit them for 44. This team can do whatever they want. Offensively, yes, to a certain degree, but I—it's just the uh, kind of that mentality, and we we're mm-hmm. hitting on it today of, of being able to just switch it on and switch it off. The Texans play. You were mentioning Dallas, and uh, my take on them being one of the best teams in the NFL is that the te- Texans were the team that almost beat them last week. Exactly, played that's them tight. What that's what we're talking about here. And Houston's not very good. Obviously, with a one and eleven record, they aren't good. They don't have any kind of offense. They're one of the worst rushing teams in all of football. Their rushing defense is almost the worst in football, and yet they were able to give Dallas an awfully tough time because Dallas just simply was not mentally ready to play. Could affect the Chiefs, but even, guys, I don't mean this to be that they're omnipotent. No team is, but Kansas City could go into this and play. Now, don't misunderstand the way I'm going to articulate Half-fast football <laughs> and they could still come out and win this game easily you know wise wise friend of mine always says that there's these are professional athletes you can never tell what happens what kind of on a, a fool said that i don't know he's, he's a very wise guy he's got great hair he's got great hair and a, a great of, and a great laugh a lot of and, wisdom and yeah. so i mean just you never know what's going to happen on a given sunday We're uh, about 49 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show. Kickoff for today's game is at noon. Chiefs and Texans, they are playing in Houston today. And as Ned has alluded to, not a very good football team, but played a good game last week. What does that mean? Who knows? Who has any idea what's going to happen? All right, Joe, and this is not the given Sunday. Please understand that. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) No, Kansas City... Kansas City's 14-and-a-half-point favorite going into this one. I do think the Texans come out and give it their all. That they're well, yeah. Again, they're pro athletes, and they get a paycheck for this, but they're simply not as good. Their rushing defense is terrible. They don't have a singular starting quarterback. They'll have dual quarterbacks in there, uh, Jeff Driscoll and, and Davis Mills. Who they, and who? 
See, exactly. <laughs> who, who are these guys? I With, thought you were going to at least give me the name of some washed-up quarterback that I <laughs> Jeff George, Jeff George, or, 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 or Sean Watson, who yeah, are the, the quarterback, the, and the now guy with he's the beard. not there. But they haven't replaced him, right? Here you have Dr- now. Now Driscoll, Driscoll's been around. He's been in the NFL for a number of years, all as a backup. He played at Louisiana Tech his last year, but played the previous years at Florida. And Davis Mills, who is a very, very fine QB at Stanford. And he is a Stanford kid and a big kid. He's 6'4". But, again, he's playing before no offensive line at all. They, they're, they're just decimated with injuries. The receivers are all gone. This just isn't a very good team. How do they use this dual quarterback system? It's up to the coach. And what he does is, is kind of relay them in. I don't think it's going to be series per series per series, but it may be per uh, dividing the quarters, like maybe half of first quarter, half of second quarter. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, do they use one in a running, distinct running situation? No. no is one no. of them a better passer, the other one a better runner? No, I wouldn't call just, it that. It's, I think it's just a difference in their philosophical approach. Each one has a different one, although you try to keep things as relatively easy as you can. But they, they can't do very much. They don't have too many receivers on their team who aren't injured, and their uh, running game is very much... In Shan- it, it just is not a good team. <laughs> I wish you could see the look on my face right now because it looks like somebody said, there's dessert, but it's coconut. And, and I don't like coconut. Oh, it's it's like they're just grasping matter. at straws. I just then. don't. I just, yeah, I don't like that idea of the dual quarterback yeah. system. You have never had, you have never had a coconut fresh out of a, a whole container of ice. Oh, when no, they no, when they don't. slice that coconut open and drink that milk in there, oh my! I agree God with goodness. Ned on this one. My dad was big on that sort of stuff, not me. No, pretty not good, Joe. Not pretty a, good. You got to no, give it a I try. Don't like it. Don't like coconut. Just, just <laughs> not my thing. Just not my deal. Okay. I'm a professional broadcaster, and I, <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't anything like anything can happen to pro broadcasters. Anything, yeah, yeah, anything can happen. So, um, the Chiefs. They're our team. They're our uh, team that we're around, that we uh, we talk about. Do you think that there's a possibility that you're seeing something that typically you don't see in football? You see more in basketball. You see it more in baseball because of the longer season. And that is that the Chiefs are playing for the playoffs. So they do what they need to do to win a game, and they try to protect everybody as much as they possibly can so that they're healthy. And they're not just going out, going all to the wall all the time. Well, they do have the luxury of a lot of depth on this team, and that's how Andy Reid has structured this team. You see them during the, during the regular season. They're signing players to a taxi squad here and getting somebody else and releasing somebody else. Well, that's all engineered to create a depth situation. And Kansas City is very, very good at doing that. They are also, they've been very fortunate now. They're not a lucky team. They're a good team. But they've been very fortunate in not suffering any catastrophic injuries. Sure, they've had injuries. You've had the muscle pulls. Kadarius Tony, I think, is going to try to play today. I wouldn't. I'd save him for something later yeah. on. But after all, you pay him to play. But having said that, they don't. Uh, they they have not had anything. The one player, and I, as a matter of fact, I don't think Chris Jones. Chris Jones has been sick. I'm not sure he's going to be suiting up today. The one player on Kansas City's team, who they cannot win without is Mahomes. They have to have him. Anything anything other than Patrick Mahomes, and this becomes 
a markedly different football team. Well, they've been very healthy, and I'm sitting here looking at the depth chart, the roster right now. Tony was announced earlier that he was going to try to give it a goal. Go today. McCole Hardman still on the injured reserve. He was starting to show flashes of being the guy Mm -hmm. just before he got hurt. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster has been very good. He's had a little time off. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Just nothing from this guy this year. Do you remember, and and I know you don't, but do you remember, well, you don't remember, back in the preseason when the Chiefs acquired him as a free agent from the Green Bay Packers, moi You said, yes, no, I... Why are they letting this guy I, go? I remember that's one of you, that's one of your mantras is you're 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 the guy that always looks at the glass half empty. And this glass is half empty in this one. Yeah. Why did they I let think it's all empty now? It all said that boy, there's more. They're getting a Valdez Scantling. This is great. He's top receiver though. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If he's a top receiver, why are they letting him go as a free agent? They right. need receivers. And yet they let him go. Well, who knows? Is it his attitude? Are they physical skills that are deteriorating a little bit? That part of it I don't know, but I do know, and you can see it, there's a reason why they are let go as free agents. I tend to think it's it has to be a physical thing, especially now, because, I mean, he has not produced, he has not really showed anything all that positive. So uh, I almost think that, that they knew that he was going to have some health issues, or his skills had diminished physically when they saw him, and so they just—they're like, "All right, well, we'll move on." I mean, it has the Packers are terrible this year too, but the only corollary to that is—I'm—I'm uh, I'm slightly disagreeing with you. Oh, look at this! Another soccer player is on his deathbed. <laughs> I put him on the critical list right now. I mean, he can't get up. Um, here's here's a situation in which you have. I think psychology enters into it more than anything else, and attitude and effect on a team. Case in point is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. He has recovered. But how many teams are after him? Well, the Dallas Cowboys made, I use headlines here in a relative sense, uh, headlines over the weekend, close to a deal. Well, wait a minute. If this guy is so damn good and such a great prize, why didn't the Rams try to keep him, number one? He's right. a free agent. And number two... Why is everybody hesitating on signing the guy? So here's the same guy, the same Odell Beckham Jr., who was, boy, this this boggles my mind. A plane's about to take off down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. And he gets pulled off the plane, and the and the flight is delayed because of was he was he uh, lethargic and not answering any questions or something like that. And people that ask him, whatever they were, key questions and. They decided he was on something. Get him out of here. Is that mm. the kind of person you want hanging around? Kelly? No, no. And that that's the thing that well, it, we have Mike hanging around. You're kind of <laughs> describing him. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that is, is hard to, to dig into is what are the real reasons for a player being released? What are the real reasons that, a, that they don't re-sign someone? And it, I mean, it's probably not as difficult for you to find that information, but for the average person, they just, they can't just look it up and say, oh, well, it's because he, you know, he's, he's an alcoholic or he has a drug problem because they keep a lot of that secret because they, I guess in a way they don't want to damage the value that a player could have with another team. I don't think, and I think there's a rule against that too. Oh, well, yeah. And it's probably for that reason. It's the value of their commodity. 
Well, th- yeah, there are all sorts of variables, no, no question about that. But again, when you see action like this take place, there are other reasons. The same, right. the same with this transfer portal in college oh. sports. Now think about that. Thus and such, hey, my God, they just got thus and such from UCLA. How about, wait a minute, why isn't he playing for UCLA? Because he wanted more playing time. Well, why wouldn't he play for them? Right. What makes you think he's going to play down here or some what other place? The same, there are a number of variables why these players choose that. Some of them are legitimate. Sure. But there are others that are not. And how do you discover this? I don't know. I don't but know you know the what they all have in common? They're professional athletes. No, no, not college. They are. <laughs> I, I, but, I, yeah, they I, are. They're I, getting I paid are. now, so they're professionals. <laughs> That's the definition. You're listening to Net Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. I have to keep the mics down because Ned's yelling at the TV every time somebody hits a turf <laughs> in the World Cup. This is in the, bogus. Uh, Come on, man. Second half in the nearing the 63rd minute. Argentina winning 2-0. 2-0 right now. Looks like they are on their way to a World Cup. Let's talk uh, college football because there's a lot going on. Josh Roberts, one of our college football aficionados. And we'll get his opinion on the uh, Final Four. But let's talk about the big news right here in our little corner of the world, Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino was announced on uh, Thursday, unofficially by the college, but officially by Nevada Las Vegas, as moving on to take over for uh, the defensive coordinator. It's a new coach there. Barry Odom is the new coach at Nevada Las Vegas, and I'm sure he and Petrino had association. Coach Odom had been at Missouri for a number of years and then been at Arkansas for a couple of years as defensive coordinator, and the Bears played down there, played Arkansas. Well, when Coach Odom got the head coaching job out at Nevada Las Vegas, he said, boy, I need need some – I need some really good offensive, and that's what uh, Coach Petrino is, an offensive genius. Look look at the people he's recruited. We had Jason Shelley here this year. We had Lamar Jackson, who was a Heisman Trophy winner at Louisville, and Bobby got him in there. So, yeah, this he does know what he's doing. Hired him, and now the Bears have a new coach. Or he will officially be announced tomorrow at a press conference over at the Great Southern Bank Arena and that's uh, Ryan Beard, who had been the Bears' defensive coordinator down here. So I think things are working out. It's going to stay to some extent in the Petrino family, since Beard is Bobby's son-in-law. So this will, I think, carry on with the same kind of same kind of philosophy that had been going on. I hope so. <laughs> well, we all we all hope so. Uh, my okay. So I I said when Petrino was hired, he wouldn't be here very long because this was the new stepping stone for him to rebuild his career. So he's moving on to uh, UNLV, a, a mediocre Division One football team, but maybe he can make it better. I think he's shooting for becoming a head coach of that team in a couple of years because Odom's not that good. Well, of a you coach. never know. Now but, UNLV really hasn't had. Their, their Mountain West Conference. Uh, they did play pretty good schedule this year. They did not win in that schedule, but they had a couple Big Ten Conference teams. They had Notre Dame on there on yeah. national TV. So they, they play an up-level 
uh, brand of football. It just hasn't been real good. Right. I mean, I, like I said, I feel like it's the next step of Petrino rebuilding who he was. So, I'm sorry. We are watching the World Cup. And, are, uh, hey, come on, guys. We're doing a football show. I know. I know. But I'm watching this, and you would think that France was winning. 2 nothing because they look like they're in a stall right now. It's like if they're going to score, if they're going to get back involved in this, Joe, they have to attack. That's right. not a stall. That's soccer. Ah, <laughs> you guys. All right. All right. Well, I mean, we all we all kind of called this at the beginning of the hiring of Coach Petrino because he has a reputation for leaving programs. He stayed longer than what I thought that he would stay. Yeah. I thought that it might be one and done. And then – I was. I'm a bit surprised that he left after this season because this is was not a resume building season. No, not at all. But he has built his resume. Yes, it's past tense. He has done that at other schools. Look, what he had at Arkansas when he was down there. Been the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Been coach at Louisville a couple of times. Hey, the man's resume is pretty doggone good. So yeah, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt there. And when the Bears played Arkansas this year, and coach. Uh, Odom was down there as the defensive coordinator and saw Missouri State go up seven to nothing, and then later twenty nine to whatever it was, and have Arkansas on the ropes before losing it by I think what was the final score thirty seven to twenty eight or something like yeah. that. But whatever it was, uh, I think that's cemented in in Coach Odom's mind that hey, this man knows what he's doing on offense, so uh, let's get him out here. And he does. His track record is, is proven. But he's the defensive coordinator. No, 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 no. He's offensive. Okay, all right. Oh, I thought he was hired as the defensive yeah, coordinator. That's the, that's the head coach down here is defensive. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. So, okay. All right. Makes sense. All right, Josh, since you were with us last, the Final Four has been picked, and you came in firing in all cylinders this morning. You had some very strong opinions about TCU. I do. Um, I've watched college football since 1983, and Ned's going to disagree with me on all this, but that's fine. Um, I disagree. I've, I have never. <laughs> you haven't watched it since 1983. I have never. It was 82. <laughs> I've never seen a team <laughs> lose to a lower-ranked team and not drop at all in the rankings, and that's what happened to TCU. They were the third-ranked team. They played number 10, which was uh, Kansas State. They lost to Kansas State in overtime, so it was a good game. It was a close game. But they didn't drop at all in the rankings. They stayed third. Whereas USC, who was fourth, played number 11 Utah in their championship game and got beat by 20 points, and they dropped to 10, I think. And so... Look, I've said several times already, Alabama didn't deserve to be in the Final Four. Alabama ended up sixth, and Ohio State was fifth. And so with three and four both losing, you would think that five and six would move up to three and four. But they didn't drop TCU at all. Which, there's no, you're not going to convince me that they shouldn't have dropped in the ranking at all. And I understand what you're saying, Ned. You said they didn't want Ohio State to be third and play Michigan again but what I'm saying is TCU should have at least dropped a fifth because in every other situation where that has happened a team of higher rank losing to a low ranked team drops in the rankings but if you had replaced them you would have been replacing TCU in the top four with a team that had lost two games and Texas Christian only had lost one this was TCU's only loss they fell in overtime to a nationally ranked Kansas State team, which is going to the Sugar Bowl. This is a very good K-State team, and they lost 
when TCU decided to take a gamble. There was no – if they had dropped, it would have been to number four. Well, that's going to ruin the matchup. So it doesn't really matter where you are except for your opponent. And now TCU will play Georgia in the first round. And I, I'm sorry. No, I'm TCU sorry. plays T- Michigan, Michigan and Georgia plays and Georgia Ohio TCU. State. That's right. That's right. That's what, and that's why they didn't move them. They did not want Ohio State and Michigan to play in a semifinal. Championship is fine. But drop them out of the top four on one loss in an overtime and in your first loss of the season? No, that would have been unconscionable. Now, again, I it would have also been replacing them with, again, a double loss team. And while that's not unheard of, you're campaigning for Alabama to be in there. I know, I, understand that. A Alabama little was bit. Fine. But I, and I understand what you're saying about a two loss team. And in that case, they shouldn't have put Alabama at six if they didn't want them to have the opportunity to get back into the Final Four. They put Alabama in number five, thinking that if TCU got walloped and then we got the Stephens beat out of them, then there was justification for dropping them out. But there wasn't. There really wasn't. And Texas Christian's a good ball club. Max Duggan is a terrific quarterback. They have a very stout football team. And I'll tell you, they're, uh, they're capable of giving whomever they play a very difficult time. They're, they're, they're a good team. Very good team. Michigan will beat them by three touchdowns. Is that, is that a wager that I hear on the agenda oh, here? Man, maybe. Well, I think it was a prediction at very least. Are you going to? No, he's offering a wager. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You and going to lay some and, chocolate chips on it? And Georgia will beat Ohio State by as much as they want to. Don't sell the Buckeyes short. Mm-hmm. They're pretty doggone good. And Georgia has shown, uh, shown a situation. Let's put it this way. Georgia, in their last game of the season, and this is the SEC, SEC championship. championship. Yeah, they allowed a lesser team, LSU, to score thirty points. Yeah, it was so did, fifty so, to thirty. So did the Chiefs, but they didn't lose. They did not. TCU lose game, lost to they, a lesser team. Uh, no, K State is not necessarily a lesser. Team. Uh, come on, Ned. What's the point of the rankings if it doesn't identify teams <laughs> that are better? Ra- the rankings are rubbish, and everybody knows that they're for publicity <sighs> purposes, except for the. The bowl situation in Kansas State. They need to go back to the computer model then. Kansas State is going to play Alabama, your ball club. Oh, you, I know. You watch what kind of a tough time that the K-State Wildcats have. I think that Alabama wins, <laughs> but I do think K-State will have a, a big say as to what goes on. Wow, Josh. Josh, is your, your, argument, <laughs> your, your <laughs> argument is senseless. T- uh, turn his microphone off. <laughs> feeling his pain. We'll I'm, be being back. Sen- I'm being censored. <laughs> we'll be back with more Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Very little has changed in the World Cup since we last left you. It's still 2 nothing, though it looks like there may be a penalty kick coming up here for, for France. France. Oh, they French. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a penalty. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. <laughs> 18 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show. Uh, we wanted to talk a little more about college football. We specifically talk about the FBS because uh, a couple of Missouri Valley teams are in the championship. This is uh, 
not an anomaly. It has happened before, but the FCS, which used to be known, and I still refer to it as Division One Double A, it's about a, a half a step below the big big shots. And occasionally, you'll see an FCS team beat somebody. South Dakota State, for instance, had Iowa on the ropes this year. Mm-hmm. Finally, lost the game seven to three, a game in which there were no touchdowns. Okay. The FCS playoffs, guys, is 24 teams. You have the first round in which the top eight teams get a bye. Mm-hmm. And then they go at it from there for three, three more. <laughs> France scores. Two to one. Did you just have an intestinal attack? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Put a belt in my mouth. Anyway, anyway, the, uh, the FCS playoffs go on and the uh, first eight get a bye. And then you have the initial first round of competition. Missouri Valley Conference this year, which is arguably the best of the Division I AA leagues in America, had three teams invited. North Dakota, North Dakota State, and South Dakota State. South Dakota State's number one ranked team in America. North Dakota State is the nine-time national champion. North Dakota, University of North Dakota from Grand Forks, was knocked out in the second round, I believe. First or second round, whatever it was. They were knocked out of it. Anyway, we went through all of the playoffs and down to the semifinals, which were Friday and Saturday. North Dakota State won theirs against a very tough football team, one with which you guys are not familiar and quite in the University of the Incarnate Word out of San Antonio, Texas, largest Catholic college in Texas, and they just became a Division I school about three or four years ago, and they are really, really good. Hmm. They can score. Their quarterback's a transfer from LSU, and he absolutely riddled things. They were up 16 nothing on North Dakota State on Friday night, and the Bison came back to win it 35-32 to in a Nice. Night. All right, that got North Dakota State into the national finals. Yesterday afternoon in Brookings, South Dakota. Wait a minute, France just scored again. Uh, you knock it off to hell they with They did. It's stuff. 2-2. France just oh scored again. Oh, my gosh. It's tied. That's I, what happens I when you take your foot off the gas. Can't yeah, stop with Andy Reid. South Dakota State <laughs> won their game, knocked off Montana State yesterday. So it's South Dakota State against North Dakota State for the second time this year, and they will play for the national championship on January 8th, I believe it is, in Frisco, Texas. Two teams from the same conference. It has happened before, but it still, I think, demonstrates the fact that this is the best Division One AA team, or a league, I should say, in America. Bears will play both of them next year. Did the Bears play both of them this year? No, didn't play North Dakota State. Okay. They weren't on the schedule. But okay. They did play South Dakota State, and that is where the Bears began their tumble. Right, it was right. right after Arkansas. Mm. Let and me ask, they're good. Let me ask you a legitimate question here, because soccer is known for ties. Will there be a, Can there be a World Cup tie? No. Not be. No, they play extra time, and then they go to penalty kicks mm, if, that, if it's tied in extra time. Wouldn't that, Ned, would you just be... Wouldn't that keep you watching? <laughs> penalty kicks, Ned? You up for it? <laughs> Ned doesn't watch care. watch penalty kicks today? Want to hang out and watch penalty Ned, do have, shots? Have you ever... <laughs> heard or seen Ned Reynolds speechless while you're seeing Ned, him. I want you to know that even though you don't like soccer, soccer likes you. It it's, does. it's not a matter of not liking <laughs> it. I, I think it's being foisted on us, and it is not indigenous to this country. The World Cup is only once every four years, Ned. How's that being foisted on anyone? <laughs> Look at your television. It's on every minute, and it's during the summer, during the winter. It's on all the time, and why? I'm going to give you a little example here for what it's worth. You're not going to like this, but... During the World Cup, 
World Cup competition, when uh-huh. the USA played, uh-huh. the Fox people estimated 12 million viewers. Right. When the USA did not play, the estimation was 600,000 viewers. That, that doesn't surprise me. That's a precipitous drop. It oh, it's a huge drop. Which tells you about what the interest is. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know I'm in the minority when I say I do enjoy watching soccer. But that's because in America there are so many other sports that have better marketing, better funding, better, and they've developed over the years to better be. Better sports. Well, okay, if you want to call them better <laughs> sports or not, whatever. The world loves soccer. America doesn't. And we're America. Okay. <laughs> we're number one. We're you're, number you're one. You're talking about the biggest chameleon in the world. It's my uh, MC over here, the moderator. I'm Just, a every single week he has degraded the sport, and now all of a sudden you're hollering, Go! Well, I did, because that's what they do. Why are you watching it? Because We're doing on. a football show. He, he's, he's on. He's, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I agree with Josh in the sense that this is, this is the Super Bowl. This is bigger than the Super Bowl for soccer in the world. For the world, yes. For the world. And I'm interested in sports, and so, <laughs> you know, I mean. And bear in mind, Joe likes those obscure sports like pickleball and, and things like that. Yeah. And, and baseball. During, <laughs> and baseball, that obscure sport called baseball. Yeah, I but like you that. know, Joe likes to to throw those those off ball things, off key things on there. So I'm just helping out all the people that don't want to watch this. I'm just telling you, right. it's two two. All right, so let's talk about baseball for just a minute because uh, you know the owners complained in the off season last year that we didn't have any money. Right, we're going broke, and then they opened up their checkbooks this off season and they're you know it's been what almost uh half billion dollars or more or billion it's and been half? it's been huge there's no question about that but look at some of the free agents who were out there when you have an Aaron Judge and when you have right. a Trey Turner and people of this caliber and Xander Bogarts these are top level baseball players and they're going to demand big salaries and know while the owners do poor mouth things they're not they're not poor none of them Mm-mm. none of them falls into that category you wouldn't be owning a major league team if if you were poor and that's a major league team in any sport i don't True. care who you, you mean are mean the steinbrenners aren't on food stamps <laughs> <laughs> they can't spell food stamps what was the big on. signing this week there Rund- was one wasn't Rundone it? went to the yankees and um dansby swanson signed with the cubs your well, cubs has right he, has he signed yet i believe he has I saw that they were considering signing him, but I didn't see that the... The John Heyman reported. <laughs> I didn't see that he had officially signed a contract with them. But Dansby Swanson's a good player. Uh, but one of the other key shortstops there was Trey Turner, who went to a Philadelphia. The Cardinals were thought to be in the market for a shortstop, but now evidently they aren't at all. Uh, hmm. the, the big kid, Carlos Correa, he went to the San Francisco Giants for Boku, a 13-year contract, I think. Yeah, that's a ridiculous. Holy cow. The years were ridiculous. I mean, the number, the the amount of money is ridiculous, but the years, I mean, they're going to be stuck with that. Yeah, 13-year contract is, that's I a long say, time. I I think I'm right on this, but his contract is going to run until like 2040. See, there's the car. So wow. There's the car. So the the fact of the matter <laughs> remains that there is money to be had, and uh, you know if I oh, were well, yeah, young enough to up. have a child who was playing baseball, I'd say, hey, you play baseball. That's oh yeah, where yeah, it's be. definitely. Yeah, if it's still here, yeah, if it's if it'll it's be a, here. The declining viewership. It'll be here. Oh, it's not declining to that point. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit about our picks for today's game on Ned Talk. 
You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You just have to wait five minutes for the start of the Chiefs pregame show. Mitch Holtis and crew. In uh, where are they at today? Is it Houston? Houston. Houston. I'm never sure where those Texas teams are playing at. <laughs> Not sure where they're where they're housed at anymore. Especially that team because didn't they used to be? Uh... No, they've always been the Houston Texans. Okay, but the, I always think of the Houston Oilers though. The Tennessee Titans now, but the yep. <laughs> is, I that's one thing about the NFL it, is they keep moving teams back to places that haven't been able to support teams, right? And so that always kind of n- annoys me a little bit about it. I mean, Cleveland Browns are now the Baltimore Ravens, and there's a Cleveland Browns that is an expansion team, and we're not supposed to think of them as being the Cleveland Browns <laughs> that are the Baltimore Ravens today. And the Indianapolis Colts are the Baltimore Colts, and they moved out of town overnight, and, you know, whatever. Welcome to the world of professional Whatever. Sports. St. Louis football Cardinals are now the Arizona Cardinals. And previous to that, they were the Chicago Cardinals. Right. Los Angeles Rams were the... Los St. Louis Rams. St. And then, Louis Rams. Yeah, L.A. And, Rams, St. Louis Rams, L.A. Rams again. Uh, and the Raiders minute, are the worst. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a uh, corollary to that, too. They were the Cleveland Rams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Before yeah. they moved to Los Angeles. And the names don't make sense. I mean, is Utah known for jazz at all? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> all right, it's time for our pick. Ned's Ironclad Rock Solid Pick of the Week. All right, Ned, your pick of the week. This is uh, has all the earmarks of a one-sided game, and it probably will be. Kansas City is just much better. Houston's the worst team, arguably, in the whole mm-hmm. National Football League. Kansas City's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a lot of points. But the KC Chiefs, I, if there's a lesson to be learned from last week's game, maybe it absorbed with them. You can't take your foot off the pedal. doesn't matter what the team is. I think the Chiefs win this one. I'm going to say 38 to Let's say 38 to 13. 38 13. Okay. Okay. So you think they're going to cover the spread? Here's where I'm bouncing back and forth because normally I would say 14 and a half point spread, they're not going to cover. But everybody's thinking that because 14 and a half points is so much. So I think it depends on how many people are betting on it in Vegas, but I'm going to say they're, they're going to cover the spread because more people are going to bet against the spread. So I think they'll win. Oh, let's say if they don't take their foot off the gas, I think it'll be 42 to 10. Chiefs have not played well in the red zone this year. So I'm going to say it's a Butker game that he's going to uh, kick four field goals and they'll score two touchdowns. So that's 26 and I'll give Houston 12. Okay, the over under is I think 49 on this. So I, I, I'm going under. You're going under, and you're yeah. not covering the spread. I'm not. I won't cover the spread. Okay. No. So you. Well, you're you, just a negative thinker. You always <laughs> <I'm not>. <laughs> glass is half empty. The right. Glass, the glass is is half empty. <laughs> so all this week, Mike, the intern will be out of the studio. I will be here with Ned Reynolds. So we'll be doing uh, the morning show. We'll be uh, talking sports. So I please ask you to get up early 
and stick around and chat with us as we talk about sports. We will be back on the air on Christmas Eve. Yep. Can you believe it's already here? Can't. And it's next weekend. How about that? Yeah, wow. next weekend. And most of the games. Are there any games on Christmas at to all? To my knowledge, there are none. So everything's on that Saturday, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice for the players, nice for the fans. There is one, I believe, on Monday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be here starting at 10 a.m. because that is the time that we will go on the air. And then at 11 o'clock will be the Chiefs pregame show. And then at noon will be the kickoff for the Chiefs, and they're playing Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks, and they are another team that has struggled so badly this Yeah, year. Chiefs have a light schedule to end the season. They've got Houston, Seattle, Denver, and then Las Vegas. Vegas has been out of the playoff picture completely now at this point. But there you go. You're brought up to date. You know what's going on. Get set as the Chiefs. Take on the Houston Texans right here in your home for the Kansas City Chiefs in Southwest Missouri, 104.7 The Cave. Come on, come on.